Roadshow episode number 186. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me tonight, and you know we're in someplace special. <laughs> special to me, anyway. The spiritual birthplace of the MMA Roadshow. It is Buffalo Wild Wings at Warm Springs and Durango. My stomping grounds. We were over at the UFC Performance Institute earlier today. My balls were hot. <laughs> Talking to the man, Derek Lewis himself, and I said, Cold Coffee. I mean, we could go to the Casa de Cold Coffee, but we're supposed to be on the road. Let's let's get out there amongst the people. Let's, <laughs> let's ask them if I the, the the fans demand it. They don't, they don't want us hold up in your house. It's true, true story. So here we are. It's good times in Las Vegas. It's uh, the weather's beautiful, man. October is the best month of the year. April and October. If you're ever coming to Vegas and you can do it in April, October, do that because those are the two best months for weather, no question. But in October, you get the added fun of. What, we got basketball season kicking off. We got baseball World Series. We got, well, not World Series, playoffs, I should say. Uh, NFL is going on over here. I see the the, uh, old uh, Columbus Blue Jackets on the the tube right now. We got good stuff. This is a good time of year in Las Vegas. I know. This is is when you usually put your your jeans on, right? Uh, No, sir. No, sir. (laughs) I. I'm sure I do own a pair of blue jeans in somewhere. Somewhere somewhere uh, in there. I don't know exactly where those are. No, it's nice. This is, uh, yeah, this is the. I, this is the time where I open up the windows at the house. Like at, at night, I'll leave a little bit of the window cracked so you get a little bit of that mm-hmm. night chill. And I still put a fan on. Of course. But, you know, normally I sleep very, very hot. But, like, this is the time where you actually you want to, like, let me grab that comforter. Let me curl up a little bit, you know. And uh, it feels great. So, yeah, no, I'm sporting the shorts too. But it feels so good outside right now. It's good, man. <clears throat> no, uh, no, no big event this week. No major MMA this week. There is some MMA, but no major MMA, which is – why I'm actually on vacation this week, but uh, yeah. hey, I was gonna say it was a staycation, but you actually uh, you went and did the uh, the Disneyland. Yeah, mostly That's staycation, cool. but you know that doesn't that doesn't slow down the MMA Roadshow, sir. No, we don't, we don't do that. We carry no. on. But I did, I did. I got to go to Disneyland. It was really cool for for anybody that has kids. Uh, they have a deal where you can actually uh, they they close down early on on certain nights of October, and you can take your kid trick or treating through Disneyland and. Uh, shout out to my wife who was the one that informed me of that. I had no idea it was it was going on, but uh, but surprised the kid with it, which was awesome, man. I mean, fortunately, you know we we live close enough here in Vegas that we can drive down there. So we actually brought him to school, and then like an hour later, we went and picked him up from school. And and my wife told him, hey, your your dad has to go to to California for some business, and he wanted to know if we wanted to come along. So uh, so we're going, and he was happy to just do that. He he, he was like, oh. Do we get to stay in a hotel? The man, the man is, the man is cut out for the roadshow world. He loves staying <laughs> in hotels, man. He's a, he's a, he's gonna carry on this show well into the future. But uh, yeah, he was happy to just stay in a hotel. And then once we got checked into the hotel, we're hanging out. It was like, oh, by the way, uh, not here for business. We're taking you to Disneyland, and and uh, he got pretty excited about that. It was cool, man. We had a good time. We got you that's got the, cool. For anybody that's. If you live in the Southern California area or, or, or you ever think about this, it, th- there's a drawback, I guess, in the fact that you don't get the whole day in the park. But, uh, you know, you st- we still got eight hours, which is kind of a long time, especially with a young That's kid. That's a long time. Yeah, and, and there's less people in there. So, like, the, the lines for rides were shorter and stuff like that. And, and, and the kid left with literally a backpack full of candy. Like, there's no reason for him to go trick-or-treating on actual Halloween. So, uh, it was fun, though, man. I, I, uh, I don't really – care much about Disneyland or anything like that I'll, I'll be honest with you but man taking your kid there and, and seeing that little dude smiling and 
you know, waving to Mickey Mouse and stuff like that is, is pretty cool stuff. So That is cool. Yeah, it was good stuff. Meanwhile, uh, you – B- before this vacation started, you uh, you you were probably in need of a little vacation yourself this I week was. after last I week. I still man. am. <laughs> Bellator 207 and 208 mm. wanted to talk to you about that because you had a nutty week on the ground, man. You were you were in Manhattan. You were in uh, Mohegan Sun. Well, you didn't go to Mohegan. No, you had to go to Mohegan Sun for the fight for fight yeah, night for yeah. fight night, and then uh, and then Long Island as well. So you were all around the place, uh, man. Saw the coverage. Just want to say. Uh, you did a very, very cool video, and uh, it's, if, if, you, if you guys haven't seen this yet, because you might not have been looking out for it, but it's, it's video, it's, it's titled, you can actually Google this video, Behind the Scenes uh, with Fedor Bader on the Road to Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix Final. And, uh, man, I, I thought it was awesome, dude. Like, you basically, you know, talked about or, or, or included video footage of the buildup, and then you got to do some cool. Bellator actually gave you access to go back backstage during fight night of both of the Grand Prix semifinal bouts. And, uh, man, you had some cool footage of from the locker room, man. I, I thought yeah. that was awesome. You know, guys getting their hands wrapped, um, guys in that moment where they're, you know, they're kind of getting their head right to, to go out there. And, and it's and, – and Yeah, dude, the moments when it, get, it gets real. When, like, when, you know, when you're in the bowels of the arena, you know, you're they're looking at the TV, they're seeing other fighters fight. You know, there's no – at that point, there's no shit talking. There's no talking up the fight. Like, the fight is here. The fight's about to happen. You know, you, it's get your mind right, get your clothes off, get dressed, you know, get your hands wrapped, get warmed up, and then get to the cage, you know. so It's powerful get, stuff. Yeah, it is. And, and, and it, I liked it because it reminded me of being uh, – my time with the UFC, you know, kind of being all up in their faces and stuff and – uh you know, it, it, there's something uh, very special and sort of unique about those moments because they're they're very intimate to me. You know, not in a weird pervy way, but in the sense of, you know, when you have two people that are are getting ready to put themselves in a situation that most of us run away from. Right. Most of us try to get out of fistfights, try to get out of battles for you know, you know, for our life in a, in a sense. You know, so to see these these uh guys and girls get into this mode um it's very powerful you know and part of i guess the best part of it you know you want to be the fly on the wall you want to be in the room you want to be there but you don't want to be there you don't want to distract you don't want to take anything away from what's going on you know so you, you try to break to get their as, routine or break yeah, their focus like you don't want to fuck them hey how you feeling right. you know like that's not that's not a place for interview that's not a place for hey champ you know Shits, sh- good fights tonight, huh? And like that's that's ridiculous. That's not what you're there for. And uh, it's is it it's, almost uncomfortable? Is it can be. Yeah. Fader's room was very uncomfortable. Really. It was like it was so deathly quiet, and it was so weird. Like you could hear a pin drop, and it was bigger than some of the other rooms. It was a little bit darker in there, but nobody was saying a, a fucking word, and it was just awkward. And, like, just felt very weird. And that was, like, uh, yeah, so that was, like, a, that was almost was a hard to roll tape at that point, right? That I mean, was, like, that was weird. uncomfortable. Because I walk in and uh, there was, like, their countdown person was sort of tucked to the wall immediately to the right. And he was doing, like, a really long shot, a wide shot. And uh, so I couldn't get really too close because I didn't want to get in his shot. So I had to kind of work the left side of the room, you know, which is good because they got me, I got in front of Fedor so I can get a shot. 
but I couldn't really cross the other guy's shot to get a different angle. But part of me in my in my head was thinking like, man, it feels awkward in, in here. And I wondered if partially too the the countdown photographer took the stance in the position where he was because he felt awkward and weird <laughs> so as he was well. Just to stay out of the so way. he was just trying to stay out of the way and uh, go back in the back. Now later on in the evening, I wanted to go back for mitts, but then I found out from one of the PR guys that Fedor kiboshed everybody and was like, no photos, no video, anybody else in the room. So either somebody did something that pissed him off or that's just part of his routine that he gets to a certain point where he's like, I don't want any distractions at all in the room. And that's kind of lends to what I sort of felt in that room. Um, it was just so sterile and uh, just weird. I mean, I guess I could say, yeah, it was all business, but it just felt different. It's one thing to be focused and whatever, but and this could just be part of the routine. Like his routine could be like, when I'm in there, I'm getting my hand wrap. I don't want any fucking talking off to the side. I don't want whatever. Like his translator was off in a different corner, just sticking to herself. Um, and it was just weird. It's tr- so it's that's strong. the only room that really sort of felt like there was something to it. Like I mean, every room had its own level of tension. You know, even going into Bader. You know, like Yair is watching, and he his like his fear. He's like, they were to hit. He's like, this isn't going on TV. And I was like, no, this is all going after. So even then, they didn't want to like let out like what's going on. You right. know, there's even then people are very closely guarded to what's being worked on, whatever. And it's kind of funny because now when I see him, I'm gonna joke and laugh. I'm like, you're worried about me seeing his striking, but he didn't use any of his <laughs> damn striking in the fight. <laughs> You know, like, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't do the takedowns and stuff. It was cool. I, I think, like, literally everybody should check out this video just to see that stuff because the UFC has gotten really good. You know, I remember when Dana's blogs first came out, or, or the vlog, I should say. I remember when those first came out and they started yeah. including that backstage footage. Yeah. And, and being, you know, as entrenched as the fight game as I am, I mean, I just thought that was the greatest. I know a lot of people did because we were seeing those moments, you know, of, of guys greeting each other in the medical tents and, Yep. You, know, guy, you know, just that stuff. It was very, very powerful imagery. Yep. But I almost feel like we've, I don't want to say gotten used to it at this point, but I do. I mean, we see so we much have. of it now. We've, we've seen a lot of it. Yep. It's been a long time since we've seen this kind of stuff, at least in the immediate aftermath. I mean, maybe we see it later in some kind of, you know, production piece or whatever. But I thought it was really powerful. And uh, a, a couple of moments that really stood out to me, and, and, and one, you, you touched on Fedor, you know, not getting a, a, a chance to really be in there while he's hitting mitts. But – just uh, you know, you also stood right at the at the entrance of, of the ramps where the guys yeah. walked out, and and seeing him kind of get that little jog on, and then yeah. he even gave like a little scream, a little yell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like seeing like, him get is unique. Up. Theirs is unique to uh, UFC, where UFC the team will be with them for that walkout. The team's right there; they're all huddled together. But Bellator separates them. The team, as they're making the walk to that back thing, the team is separated off to the side. Because so they, yeah, they don't walk down the walk They don't the walk stage. down the long ramp. And so there's that moment where it's just the fighter with their own thoughts, their own last little moments. And I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Like, that was just like. That's right. They don't even have. You know. Maybe that's why it stood out to me so strong because you're right about that. I hadn't them. considered it. It's them on it's their own. It's just them. It's not anybody. Yeah. It's not the coach around them saying, yeah. bro, you got this. You're all. You're, we, we've prepared for this. You yeah. know this. It's yeah. literally them by themselves. Yeah, and it's very unique in that aspect because it is so different. You know, so that was neat to kind of watch that. And, uh, 
you know, it was a little tricky at some point. It was easier the first night because there were no flaps like there were on the second night. And there was a person that was standing right there that was very, like, sort of leery of people going out like she's afraid Screwing of getting get the shot yeah. or whatever. I was like, I get it. I'm not trying to, you know, go all crazy. I, I don't give a fuck about being on TV or whatever. Right. Um, but it was interesting, yeah, to just see him, you know. Um, you know, Chael walked out there, you know, gave the fist bump, was casual. But you could tell he – was getting serious, you know. Well, that's the other one that stood out to me that was powerful was Chael in his room was, yeah. I thought, because we know Chael as this character. And by now, I think everybody realized he's just an incredible performer. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, all these things that he says and things that he does, like, he's not a jackass. He's actually right. a very intelligent guy. He's, he's right. a very well-thought guy. But he does. You know, he still pokes the bear and he has these little, you know, He's 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 a master showman. Yeah. But in those moments that that you capture, where you know the hands are getting wrapped and he's getting his head right, the smile's not there. Yeah. Not the at fo- all. The focus is there. The real. I mean, not the realization because he's he's made that walk yeah. as he likes to say. You know, quite a few times in his yeah. career. But I mean, to me, in watching your footage, you could really sense, you know, where that 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 switch oh, is yeah. made, and it's like. Okay. Yeah. Now this is game time. Yeah. I and I even felt as well because you could feel it. Because <clears throat> um, I, it's like you want to get closer. You want to get a, a shot. You know. But you also you could tell like there's that there, like I said before there's that fine line of intruding into whatever headspace, whatever moment. Right. You get close enough to get what you need, but also don't intrude in whatever. Don't become part of that moment. Don't become part of the story. Right. You know, like, let whatever's playing in their heads go through it. And you're right. He was very, very serious, and he was very into it. You know, it was not like the lighthearted. This is like going to war, you know. He's getting his hand wrapped. There's no time for jokes. There's no time for whatever. Like, he knows what was about to happen. And I wanted to get him hitting mitts, you know, but we missed that because of the timing of doing another interview and then walking. So that the the second part of the footage you see where you see him sort of talking with his coaches, pacing, then eventually sits down. You could see him gathering his thoughts. You know, it was kind of – I cut before he got to the part where he's like, oh, you know, so who do we have left? You know, asking about the fighters that are on the, the – that are fighting. Right. And the direction he was facing, I'm trying to think. I think there might have been a TV, but maybe not. There was a TV up behind what would be up to his – behind him to the right. And so, you know, he's paying attention to what's going on the night, but he's still thinking about his night. Wasn't really even watching it. But <clears throat> at the part where it starts of that particular clip, uh, he was talking to his striking coach. And so even though I missed the mitts, they were still talking technique about the tick out, and they were still talking. But, you know, three minutes of me just shooting the back of his head, you know, listening to his coach talk is not compelling video. So I right. didn't put it. So I just cut to the very end part. So, yeah, there was a lot of that whole game planning going on. And, uh, yeah, something very unique about uh, – being in there in that moment uh, to kind of feel it because you feel like you're you feel a little bit of that and it and it changes your whole night because you know you could go in there I think being so jacked up like the whole night was crazy 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 fights oh my god I'm having such a good night working this fight you know working the working the night but then once you get in there and you feel the the heaviness mm. of the fighters preparing and you feel the heaviness of what's about to go down. I won't say it's like a mood killer, but it's it changes your mind. You're like your feelings, your vibe will change being in the room, because it's hard not to. You know, I've been in some rooms where you know after a fight or before a fight, you know, the elation 
you know, is enough to, to make the hair in your arms stand up and you almost want to tear up when you see the joy. Like uh, some of the footage of, you know, I've brought up over time, uh, like when Anderson Silva watched, uh, I want to say Big Nog yeah, get Big the Nog win. In Brazil. And like Anderson broke down in tears and the whole room erupted. I forgot that. And was it's you. like, yeah. and you just literally, you get so swept up in it. And part of you is like, keep rolling, keep rolling. But then there's another part of you, like the human side, that's just like, holy cow, this is the the, the electric in the room. It just changes you. you it just, you know, you, it's hard. You'd have to be a robot to not get kind of yeah. caught up in the emotions of the room. So the same thing happened this particular night with, with these guys. It's and it such was, a uh, tough spot, man. I, yeah. I, I thought it came out great, man. I really do hope everybody checks it out. It was good. And, and Bellator has been um, good. They were great about working with us, and they've, and they've said, hey, maybe we can explore future stuff like this as well. So um, yeah. hopefully we can do things like that. You, you're so right about the emotion. It's funny, you know, uh, one of the things that we do that's, that, that is, you know, that I started doing a lot, um, it's not really anything official or whatever, but was just taping the winners walking by press row, you know, on fight night. And we, we get a lot of good responses out of that. You know, guys, yeah. their celebration, their emotion. But, you know, I, I, don't, uh, I don't tape the losers as they walk by. And, and yeah. uh, you know, it's kind of like you said, you want to document things. Thing. But, yeah, at the same time, you don't want to – I mean, that's somebody's worst moment, man. Yeah. That's somebody the, – the, the, And that's how they'll perceive it. They'll perceive you sticking a camera in their face in their worst point. They will separate themselves from the fact, okay, there's a journalist recording right. a walk back of a fighter. You know, because one, it's not like you've ever had a conversation with every particular fighter. Oh, by the way, I'm going to re record you yeah. whether you one walk way, or whether you One way or the other, I'm going to record. You know, so they will perceive that as you're walking, watching and recording them at one of their lowest parts of their life. And it's not worth it. It's not worth the, the, uh, what they would think that it means yeah. to them, you know, because in their in their mind, especially in the day and the age of with camera phones and the the stuff, it's if I'm recording on my phone, I'm immediately upping it to social Absolutely. media. Absolutely, yeah. That's is, all they this think about. It's not for a personal record. Yeah, you know, they think this is for for social media for whatever, and uh, yeah, that's not the time place. But yeah, I love this stuff, you know, because when the fighters are happy and they're winning, you get some awesome shit because they'll look right over at you, right? And I told you. I told you I was gonna do it, you know. Um, so that's great, but yeah, no, I think I think that's the right move. I mean, I think sticking the camera in the face of something that just lost, especially on that right there, it's, it's no good. Yeah, no I, good. I agree. All right, so definitely check that out if you haven't checked it out. Uh, I was watching both those cards on TV. I do want to say this. I want to give my thoughts on Bellator real quick. Um, first of all, I think. The way the tournament worked out uh, is I don't think it could have been any better for Bellator. Ryan Bader versus Fedor Melianenko for That's the heavyweight title. I just, I just don't think you could have written it any better. I think yeah. in terms of a quality matchup, in terms of fan interest, I think they nailed it. So that was fantastic. I will say I watched both cards on DAZN, even though they were on uh, uh. Paramount as well. You know, they simulcast on DAZN. And when I'm working from home, I have my MacBook and I have my iMac like on the desk next to me, whereas I have a TV in my office as well, but it's kind of turned the other way. So it's actually just easier for me to have have it streaming. Yeah. Um, but I figured, hey, might as well take advantage and watch the zone anyway. Yeah. Um, the zone broadcast is cool because they basically they, they 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 leave it open a lot more. You don't see they do have some commercials, some of their pre-produced commercials, not the same commercials yeah. seen on TV, but they leave it open a lot more. So you get a lot more kind of like hot mic moments, so yeah. to speak, you know, between, like, Goldie or, or, or Big John or whatever. So you get that. 
they do offer some analysis. Like they kick it to the desk a little bit more often on, on the DAZN broadcast. Um, but I will say it's a little bit uh, – it is a little bit frustrating when it's not a DAZN exclusive event, although the DAZN exclusive event that it started with was uh, really long as well. The pacing is not what you expect. You know, when we get a fight pass yeah. only card, it's fast. These cards were – these cards were long, man. Yeah. These cards were long. Um, and, and so I hope they kind of – Beltor keeps focusing on on pacing and, and not just trying to draw these things out as long as possible because I, I don't think that helps. But I will say this, man, DAZN, you know, I talked about it last the week. The quality is pretty good, though. Oh, the quality of the stream is perfect. Is, I was going to say, perfect. I think in Vegas, I think we're in a good area. Like when I watched uh, one of the the DAZN ones when I watched it earlier, Bellator, uh, I don't think it had any buffering issues at none, all. None. And, and I'll tell you what, man. Again, but I have heard that some people have, have been issues. having buffering issues. Yeah. But I mean, look, Bellator, uh, they they are going to have the Fight Nights Global uh, fight that's actually tomorrow. Um, they've got uh, KSW as well, which KSW does great events. They've got EFC in Africa, and how about this massive Canelo deal? I mean, we don't talk a lot of boxing yeah. on this show, but man, they're coming out. You know, three hundred and sixty-five million dollars for Canelo, eleven fights. Dude, DAZN is not playing around, man. I. I, I like it. You know, I, I'll be honest. I wasn't so sure about what, you know, their intentions were, what their abilities would be. I mean, when they came out and offered this, you know, announced this nine-figure deal with Bell What Beltor, was the amount that you said? $365 million. So 365 yeah. Yeah, so it, my understanding That's is it's crazy. 10 fights for 10 fights at $35 million apiece, plus I, I think this week uh, the, the upcoming fight is uh, $15 million. Which would make the 11. Yeah, the, which makes the 11th fight because there was some discrepancy of whether it was 10 or 11. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. I mean, like, I liked it. I mean, I was willing to get it just for the Bellator, for the, the random boxing ones. I was like, okay, I'll find myself watching more boxing events because I have the DAZN. Sure. But, I mean, like, you take arguably the number one, number two, top five yeah. boxers that's out there right now, and you're going to throw them, and you're so going to you say. You already got Anthony you Joshua know? on there. Right. Now you got and Now you Canelo. got Canelo. That's, that's two of the biggest names right there. I mean, that's huge. And, uh. It's worth the, it's worth the cost alone just for that right there, That's just it. for boxing. So the fact that now you, you, I mean, sorry Bellator, but I mean like Bellator is like icing on the cake. That's you know, right. now that you have like huge boxing, I agree on it. You know, it's like no the Bellator. That's the truth. Bellator is just that's that's a it's a wonderful addition. You're talking about two you know? of the biggest pay-per-view stars in boxing, right? On the zone. If each one of those guys fights one a year and you get two fights, right? That is enough. Just in what pay you would for pay it. for the pay-per-view. That would pay for it. That would get your money's worth but for what you're going to But you're probably going to get two a year. a piece. So you're probably going to get four. Maybe. Out of them. At least three. At least three. I would say between the two of them, you'd probably get three. That's it. And I now mean. you get all the Bellator stuff. And let's not forget, some of these Bellator events yeah. are going to be exclusive. So while you know, while it does simulcast a lot, too, some of them are exclusive. So yeah. the zone, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the zone so far, man. Yeah. I mean – I, you know, I don't know financially how long they can can, can sustain. That's it, man. Like, paying huge contracts like they this. They got somebody. They got somebody shelling out a lot of money right now. And at some point, you got to think that the money. I wouldn't say maybe the money's gonna not gonna dry up, but maybe somebody either would take it over or something. Maybe that's what they're hoping they're 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 trying to shop for. Is I'm gonna throw a ton of money, get these names in here, and then we're gonna sell it off to like an Endeavor group. You know, maybe as the hope or something, but they're throwing a lot of money around, a lot, a lot. Which of money I like around. it because you know what? They're trying to make a big impact, and I can respect that. Yeah. Like they're coming out sweet, like, and it's not dumb money. I mean, get, going and getting Anthony Joshua, going and getting 
Canelo. I mean, that's like that's like somebody coming into the market and, and going and getting Conor McGregor. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so at least the money is going towards something impressive. But right, because it it's asking a lot of money. Oh. ESPN Plus five dollars. Yeah. Hulu eight dollars. Netflix eight dollars. You know, and then you got DAZN coming in and asking for ten dollars. Yeah. And for a while there, you're looking. You're like, all right, at now at this point, if there's not a live event, it's just all replay shit. Yeah. And you want me to pay ten dollars a month? That's BS. Yep. I mean, now you're like, okay. Now you start to see the future library and where it's going. You're like, okay, yep. okay, I'll pay it. I'll pay it forward a little bit until these fights start happening. Then you're like, then you get the, then you're reaping the rewards. You I know? agree. Once one of these fights come and you know that, oh hey, I don't have to shell out sixty, seventy dollars for this next Canelo fight. Okay, hey, I, I that's so. just the the last six months I just paid for. Just just earn work themselves out. You I know? think it's I think it's shown its value already. Now we'll yeah. see we'll see also how long they stay at that nine 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 price point. Maybe they have to raise it that's, at some point. That's the only way. And that's the part that's going to suck because it's already in my opinion high. But I mean, like if they go higher, I mean, where does it go? Fourteen ninety nine, fifteen ninety nine. I know that sounds weird because you know? nine ninety nine. I mean, that does seem like pretty much the high point. Like, yeah. man, you start going to fourteen ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine, right? Like, I don't know. It'll I drop do pay, off. I do pay. I do. I, I want to say I pay that. I think I pay like twelve or thirteen bucks a month for Showtime and HBO e each individually. Yeah. But 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 I mean they offer you get a lot so of show much content. Other, oh my! All oh, movies, yeah. original programming. Yeah, I mean you got Game of Thrones, dog. That's worth it alone, right there. Even though you don't even watch it. Not gonna lie, the only episode I've ever seen <laughs> was at your house. <laughs> Man, you don't know what you're missing. I'm sad. I'm sad. I know. All right, listen. Uh, we've got some other stuff I want to talk to you about uh, this past week, and we'll get to that in a second. Game we've of got Thrones? some headlines. Nerdcore? Definitely not Game of Thrones. <laughs> but what I want to do is uh, is to uh, to throw it to Derek Lewis, because we had a chance to talk to Derek Lewis today, and uh, Derek Lewis was in town, basically, to, to, to do some, I think, some I guess rehab work, some medical work, uh, yeah. you know, on his back with, uh, with at the USC Performance Institute. And they said, hey, well, as long as you're here, let's go ahead and let's get some media, which I think is a smart play. Um, but, but, man, I, I thought he had a lot of good things to say, and it'll set up, um, you know, us to, to talk about this fight and kind of what we thought about it. But uh, so I just figured, hey, let's let's play the scrum. I did edit down a little bit of it. Uh, there were a couple of points that got a little slow that I cut out. So hopefully it moves along a little bit faster for everybody. But I will say this. I left in the beginning – because I think people should listen in very carefully in the beginning because uh, Derek Lewis is basically talking to Chris Costello, a uh, USC PR person. He's like, man, you suckered me into this. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, man, I came here for medicals and you made me do media. He's like, I'm not doing it on fight week now. So I just listen to the yeah. first interchange. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, I think, uh, you know, everybody was kind of hesitant of knowing when we should jump in and start the actual interview because of the mood he was in. So, uh with him making the comments he did, I made sure and started the scrum with some discussion of his uh, hot balls. You know, tricky. Tricky, yeah. So you coming out here to get medical stuff done, then I'm doing much media now. <laughs> Take advantage while you're here. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I ain't doing fight week then. You <laughs> <laughs> seem so happy to see us. No. Well, Derek, have you uh, have you grown tired of answering questions about your balls yet? It's a popular topic. No, my balls can never be enough. We can always talk about that, though. <laughs> Less so. I mean, after your last fight, I mean, an incredible comeback, of course. But physically, how are you feeling after that? I mean, that was not a, an easy fight for you. You got rocked a couple times. You got tested all the way to, to 15 minutes. I mean, give us an idea how you were feeling physically after that fight. I was feeling relieved that it was over with. 
You know, I was happy that I got the win. Um, my eyes was a little messed up. It just felt like um, I had soap in my eyes the rest of the fight whenever I got hit in it. It was just hard, hard for me to see after that. But other than that, I was feeling good. Did you ever figure out what exactly? I know we watched the tape. Was it a poke or was it a punch? Do you know what? I haven't watched the fight since. I watched the post-fight, but not the fight itself. Yeah. What did you do after the fight? I mean, did you take a couple of days to... To, uh, to, to relax, to, to celebrate? I mean, give us an idea kind of what it was immediately after the fight. Uh, we went to the Hakkasan. I had, we drank a little bit. Just um, snored a few lines to help my weight stay down. Sure, as, as you do. Yeah, <laughs> other than that, it was good. Everything's good. Well, talk about how then it goes to you fighting for a world title because it was funny. I mean, in the immediate aftermath, you were joking a little bit, saying, that, you know, I don't even want that fight. It doesn't even make any sense. So how, how did how did this all come together? Um, you know, I guess they seen the heart. You know, I believe they, they believe in me and they know that I'm coming and have an entertaining fight. No matter if I'm getting my, my ass kicked um, for 24 minutes in a fight, just know that one minute, if I get that one minute, um, 30 seconds or whatever left in the fight, then I'm gonna come out victorious, I promise you. Yeah. You've always said throughout your career that, you know, I don't even do this for titles. You know, I do this for supporting my family and, and, and you know, to take care of them. But now that the title's on the line, does that attitude change at all? Um, just not just the title on the line. Whenever I signed my contract and seen the zeros, then it was like, okay, I can start training now. Because before, like I told y'all before, I really, I don't stay in the gym like everyone else does. All my opponents, you know, it's pretty obvious. Like after the fight, I'm a, I'm laying all on the floor. I'm tired, ready to go sit my ass down somewhere. And um, you know, but this fight right here, I really been training all day long, drinking more water than I need to be drinking, and it's really taking it more serious, you know. And it's not gonna be no excuses for myself. Win, lose, or draw, you will see all my. All. Overall, Derek, what's been the reaction from that post-fight post interview that you had, in particular the Donald Trump thing? Was that just, mm -hmm. did you just come up with that off the cuff? Did you thought about that beforehand? <laughs> no, nah, uh, it the just, connection and the, and the it was just freestyle. Which, you know, me and Donald, we talked about that before back in the day when we used to golf back in Houston. And it was just something that I told him I'd mention him no matter what, no matter how bad everything is going in the U.S., that's all. So you had a conversation with him, right? Yes. You really did. Huh? That, that no. Wasn't. <laughs> Wait a second. Come on. Come on. No. No. no it's so. just whatever. You know, I just say whatever. It's always the same thing with you guys. You know, y'all ask the same questions. So I just get tired of answering the same stuff all the time. So I just say whatever I want. Dude, before, before this fight was announced, you said, you know, because you know the DC's got the Brock Lesnar fight lined up. And you said, listen, man, I think the only reason they put this fight together is if. You know, if he assumes that he's just going to run through me, or even the UFC may assume mm -hmm. that he's just going to run through you. You said that right before it was announced. So, I mean, is that the yeah. way you're coming to the table? You feel like the UFC, DC, they feel like you're not really a challenge? Not really the UFC, just DC. I believe that he's thinking that it's going to be an easy fight for himself. You know, but go ahead and think that. You know, I'm. I'm it's crazy that I, I even made it this far with the type of training that I, I have been putting in before each and every fight. You know, I really don't, like I said, I'm, I'm serious. I don't stay in the gym all day like just about all my opponents do. You know, I stay probably 30 minutes, 
35 minutes and five minutes on my phone posting memes and stuff on Instagram. <laughs> but not for real though. But this camera right here, I've been really at the gym all day long. Okay, so the 30 minutes, I assume that was one of your classic jokes. You really I, only put yeah, in 30 minutes 30 a day? minutes. My, my coach is busy, you know, but it been, um, we've been stepping it up. We've been doing a lot of crazy stuff that I don't like, but we've still been doing it. Are you going to come in with a little chip on your shoulder knowing that DC is probably looking at you as an easy payday? Oh, not at all. I always come in with a chip on my shoulder with any guy I'm fighting anyway because I feel like they're trying to um, take my life away anyway. So that's what I always think about whenever I step in the cage. It's always life or death situation to me. Let me ask you, if you're, you're a professional athlete and you're a dangerous guy in there, and this is what you're doing for a living, and I just wondered, why would you only spend that, that short a time at, at training? Uh, why wouldn't you take it more serious? Because then you would know that you gave it 100%. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons why I didn't 100% um, retire, because I didn't give myself, I never gave myself 100% chance, even in the training and stuff like that. I wanted to... Um, to see what it's like to really train like a mixed martial artist and go out there and perform like one. And so I believe I'm, I'm heading that way now. Derek, you talked to me ahead of your last fight about your back problems and the, the rehab that you've gone through with it. Ahead of this fight, are you be able to do any of that? I mean, is there even time? Oh, the, my back is good right now. Um, still day by day. Um, it hasn't been hurting so far since my last fight. Um, the injections that I got, I believe, is um, still working pretty good. And how do you prepare for this Olympic caliber wrestling that you know you're going to have to face with Daniel Cormier? You're bringing in somebody kind of <laughs> like, like build like him, but has the same kind of pedigree as him to prepare? Oh, not at all. You know, just as long as I'm 100%, I'm in good shape. I don't care what he could do or what he thinks he's, he's going to be able to do. Just, I'm just worried about myself. I don't care. Derek, you were medically suspended by Nevada after the last fight. What was the process of getting that cleared? Because I think it was until November 6th, then the fight's November 3rd. So do you have to go through like Nevada to get that, that cleared? Hmm? The medical suspension? Mm -hmm. What was that process? Did you have to go to a doctor? They had some like, paperwork over Yeah, there? I went to the doctor, got everything cleared, everything checked out pretty good. Um, basically saying that I'm good to fight, my health and everything is good. My heart is better than what they thought it would, would be. And I'm in great shape. Do you feel like you'll be 100% going into this fight? I'm, I will be 100% going into this fight. DC said that he's not going to be 100%. He has a bad hand. Is that a mistake on his part? Do you think to go into a fight with you oh, with a bad hand? I go in every fight with a bad back and overweight and damn near diabetic. <laughs> so it doesn't matter to me. They just come in and fight with just a bad hand. That's a good thing for him then. Derek, is this more an opportunity that you really want, or is this one that you just can't pass up? It's just one that I can't pass up, because I know there's a lot of guys in this division that probably deserve a, a shot more than um, I'm getting, you know, then I probably don't deserve a shot more than Stipe should have got the shot, you know. But, you know, ain't no telling when the next time I'm going to get this opportunity, so I had to jump on it anyways. And as a guy who has talked about, you know, the money and the reason why you do it, like, is this paycheck significant enough that, that this could be your last fight? No. No, I don't think it would be my last fight, but the paycheck is pretty good. Can you compare it to what to, to some of your others? Like comparing to to other ones you've received, how big is it? Oh, it's probably more than I made this year already. 
Is your your eyes are red? Is that still residual from the fight from twelve days ago? Or? No, I'm just leaving Joe Rogan show. Oh, I'm a little high right you. now. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. Yeah, it's from the fight. Are the Astros going to come back from a three three one deficit? Um. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gonna we got it. 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 Tonight, right? Tonight. Yeah, we got it. Derek, is, is the vision impacted at all? I mean, like I said, the, the redness, is it, just, is it just on the surface? I mean, is the vision impacted at all? No, it's no blurred vision. I can still see. And I see you lost a little weight, too, you know. You don't got the blue shirt on today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I can see pretty good. You got, you got the vision down. I want to ask you, too, you know, since this fight was announced, uh, people went back to that press conference interchange that you two guys had. Uh, I want to ask you what happened backstage. You know, DC kind of put it out there that you seemed like you wanted to knock him out. And it, you know, you made the, the joke about the chicken and, and that. But what happened backstage? I mean, were you trying to get into his head a little bit or let him know that, hey, I'm, I'm coming for you at some point? Yeah, I just because it was the perfect time. It was just me and him in the hallways. And so I just told him, I'm coming for that belt. And he chuckled or whatever and told him, you better. Work on that cardio. I said, shit, don't worry about my cardio. I got that. And that was about it. You think he, he, he took, you don't think he took you serious at that point? Oh, if you don't take me serious, that's his mistake, you know. I want him to take me serious. I don't want no excuses or nothing like that. And I just really can't wait for that night anyways. Derek, you said it's crazy that you've made it this far considering how, how little you train, I guess. How, how do you think it's happened? Why do you think you've had so much success? I believe really just my heart. I got probably the most heart than any guy that's in the UFC. I believe it's my heart and my power. If this, had, if this opportunity hadn't come up, like what would you be doing this week? Um, you said this week? Yeah, what would you, what would you be doing like right now instead of sitting in front of us? I'll probably be on L.A. Huh? What Joe Rogan podcast at? L.A.? Yeah, yeah, I probably be in LA right now. Baked. I'm <laughs> <laughs> here right now, probably. Have, have you put a final dollar figure on how much that right hand was worth? You got your What's win that? bonus that night. You got bonus now. You get a title shot. Put put a dollar figure on how much that that right hand that you landed was worth. <laughs> it's probably a million. Probably about a million. Yeah. If you get the belt, what's the first thing you're gonna do? Um, probably just put it in my closet. I don't care about the belt, but I will. I will try to win the belt though. But I really don't care about it if I get it or not. Do you care about like uh, headlining card, Madison Square Garden, history oh, there? Do you care about that? Not at all. But it is a cool. Um, I'm sure it will be a cool experience because um, Ali, Mike Tyson, all the big name boxers fought there and made their mark in the sport. So it will be cool, though. Was that was that a right hand you'd learned from George Foreman? Gotta ask you that. I mean, that, that looked like the right hand he threw against Michael Moore. Beat him when he was away no. from and you trained with Foreman. No, I think it was the right hand my wife landed on me three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so you just that right hand. Yeah, my wife, she hits hard, yeah. Derek, I know you say you think Stipe deserved it more, but do you think people don't give you enough credit? I mean, 9-1 in, in, in your last 10 fights is pretty impressive. I mean, you feel like people maybe aren't giving you enough credit that you – do you deserve this opportunity? Oh, I don't care if they give me credit or not. I don't care. I'm not a mixed martial artist. You know, that's probably what they're looking at, and I don't blame them. I'm not. You know, I don't train like a mixed martial artist. I don't respect the sport like everyone else does. You know, I'm just a brawler. So I go in a fight just to fight. I don't care about 
the submissions and the technique and all that and the bowing and showing respect. I don't give a damn about none of that. I'm just coming out to fight. After the knockout and the post-fight speech, did anyone reach out to you, any celebrities, anyone tag you on Instagram or, or social media that you thought was cool and unexpected? Uh, a lot of people were tweeting about about everything. Yeah, it was a lot of a lot of celebrities. It was crazy. Um, like the one that stood out the most probably, Lil Wayne. That he says now nah, he's um, a big fan of, of me now. From that, so it was cool. You got something planned to call out Lesnar? Should you win the title? Because he was going to be next for DC, so that could be your first title. Oh, it doesn't matter who who's next. I don't care. And I still believe Stipe probably should have been next. Because every, all of the people that lost their belt, um, they got the title shot right back as soon as they lost it. You know, they got the rematch. But um, it is what it is. But I'm happy. I'm grateful for the opportunity. But going back to what you've been stating, you fight for the money, and the Lesnar fight would be bigger. Yeah. Than Miocic. If it's Miocic or Lesnar, that's fine. You know, whatever the USC want to pay me for, that's that's fine. I don't care who's next. Do your kids recognize or realize how big this fight is? For my, kids are they saying anything? my kids don't give a damn. My kids make more fun of me than the social media people that's trying to bully me on social media. My kids, the one, they always making fun of me, so it don't matter. Welcome back to the main road show. That was the Black Beast. A roadshow favorite, you know, Derek Lewis. Uh, yes, I'm happy to, to note that he didn't ignore my calls. That he <laughs> that he changed his number. He gave you his trying number to hit, today. trying to hit him up. I'm like, dude, when are you coming to the PI? When are we gonna try to film this? This? I'm like, crickets. I'm like, damn, did I piss him off or something? Some random dude is just like, who's Some this random crazy like, cat? Why is this guy texting me? Asking me. <laughs> uh, now listen, Derek Lewis was in good form today, man. Like I said, he was kind of busting Chris Costello's balls there to start out with, and then he got into it. Um, I mean, I, I, I love Derek because he always is so open and honest about, you know, what his motivations are. Um, you know, says he's at 100%, says, listen, um, you know, I, I do believe I can win this fight. Um, admits readily that he thinks Stipe was probably the right choice, uh, but says, listen, if I'm if I'm given this opportunity, how can I turn it down? I can, yep. res I can respect the hell out of him for saying that. That is like the most honest and open answer. I mean, like, Derek ain't going to sugarcoat. I, I can see where – I mean, I think the UFC has a good crop of heavyweights. I think a lot of heavyweights would open up and say, yes, there might be others to do it. But, I mean, like, but Derek, he said it. I mean, like, a lot of those would probably it instead would, would take the time to, to to say why they are the right choice. Yep. You know, but I think it was great how he was like, yeah, you know, it probably should have been this guy, but it's my opportunity and I'm not going to pass it up, you know, just plain and simple. And, I mean, like. Doesn't get more brutally honest than, than what Derek was saying Sa there. Sounds like he's doing okay. It didn't sound like, like BS. I mean, he said, listen, yes, my eyes are still a little red, a little bloodshot right now, but there's there's no vision concerns there, so I'm good. Uh, you know, said that his back is feeling okay. We, we know that he's been taking treatments. I mean, he's been doing some stuff with the performances too. Of course, we don't know the, the full extent of exactly what the medical procedures are, but we know that, you know, he has been getting treatment there, and the people around him say that, you know, he is feeling good. So he says that's that, and – uh, listen, I, I mean, when this fight was first announced, I thought, man, that's D.C. all day. And it probably is D.C. all day, right? I mean, D.C. is one of the pound-for-pound pound best on the planet, no question about it. 
But if DC really is having problems with that hand, and it's and it's not good, and he can't, he doesn't have the grip strength that he needs, uh, and he is in any way. And I don't think DC is naive enough or not focused enough to look past Derek Lewis. Um, but dude, it it could be a problem for DC. It could be a problem for DC. Maybe. When I think about when I think about the stuff that he does. I, I really wonder how much he really needs full-on grip strength for some of the moves. I think if anything, you know, because I think he has the way, you know, a lot of times to say a guy's, you know, you work a guy up against the cage and he's trying to secure the uh, double leg or a single leg, and they're always like, get your hands together, you know. Right. DC has such technique, I don't think he even needs to get bring his hands together for most of those ones. And, you know, I when we've seen him just toss guys around, I think half of that he could probably do just having his wrist strength. It's true. You know, being able to sort of just hook behind yep. a guy and let alone having one good hand. It's one true. good hand with his level of wrestling, I don't see it really affecting his wrestling. If anything, um, you know, maybe if it's bad enough he won't throw as much with it, which we know he does tend to like to throw more. Mm -hmm. But I just I don't I don't think his hand's gonna stop him from doing the wrestling that he needs to do. And also too, I mean this is not two equal level wrestlers going either where you're going to need full, well, you know, faculties true. either, you know. Unfortunately for Derek, you know, like a lot of times when he gets on his backside, he doesn't have the best technique to get him back up. Right. He usually just goes off of pure sheer strength. Yeah, he'll to just push turn the to guy his knees. Off. He'll try to cover his neck with yeah. his shoulders and, just, and he'll press down. Just sort of push himself up, yeah. you know. The thing about DC is he's just such incredible. He's so incredibly heavy. You know, the, what he was able to do to Stipe and all this other stuff. And if you look back on that, nobody's going to say, oh, man, it's because his hands were good. It's because both of his hands were good. You know, he just has a technique. He has a way. And Derek needs to keep this fight standing. He needs Absolutely. to stay separate. He needs to stop trying some of these weird moves that he tries to do that I'm sure if it ever hits, we're going to be like, oh, my God, that was the greatest thing ever. That question mark backwards spin kick flying elbow yeah, that Derek that. did, you we know, like that. it's like, oh man, don't don't go the route of you know, God bless him, uh, Chael Son, and pull a move <laughs> out that's going to give Daniel your back, you know. Um, but I don't know, it, this is tough. I mean, I, I see this going two particular ways. If if Daniel gets Derek down. And he lays on him. He's going to tire him out. Yep, late TKO. And he and he's just going to finish him. Yep. And, you know, and it probably will. Probably just ground and pound him to death to the point where, not that Derek can't take the strikes, but at some point the when he's not says, defending, I'm, the I'm, ref's going to say, much, "I've seen man. enough. Yep. You're not doing enough to to stop it." I agree. And uh, that's probably how it will go. If Derek can get it, and Derek can clock Daniel, Daniel. The thing about Daniel, Daniel has a great chin. So a lot of times I feel like he sticks his – not that he sticks his chin out, but he doesn't mind keeping his chin right. sort of up and out there because he's been able to take these power. Right. You know, if we see the power that was able to clip and win the last fight like like Derek did. Crazy. You know, 
I mean, Daniel's going to feel it. Derek you said, know? listen, Luke, you know, as long as I'm in there, you know I what I mean? Need as that long last as I'm minute. in there, I need that I could last be, yeah, minute. I could be losing 24 minutes. All I need is that last and minute. How amazing is it? You know, I, I, you know, I, I asked him, you know, put a dollar figure on that. Put a dollar figure on it. He kind of chuckled a little bit and kind of kind of realized what I was asking, you know, how much is yeah. this new contract worth, how much it is. And he says that right hand was probably worth a million yeah. dollars. Well, that I think probably two counting the bonuses. Yeah, the win bonus. Know, the win the, bonuses yeah, and everything. Of course. I mean, you know, I, I figure it's got to – it has to be that they threw him at least 500. Yeah. And then, you know, when he – so let's just say if they gave him 500 for this, just even if it's show and win, whatever, 500, say he took 100 and something, and then what was the bonus? Did he get a 50,000? 50, 50, but he said he was expecting more. Yeah, so 50,000, and then, you know, say if he was roughly – I can't remember what we've seen that he's getting paid in the past if it's – 75 or if he's getting 100? No, I think he was, if I remember right, I think he was like 130, 130. Was he 130, I 130? Think so. Okay, so if that's 260, then plus 50, so roughly 300. So unless they gave him, they wouldn't do like 750 unless they were doing. That's what I was thinking. Maybe it's 750. Wow. Maybe it's 750. But he could have gotten a little a little locker room bonus too. You know, he hinted at yeah. the fact that some more money was coming. Um yeah, 135, 135. So wow, it was definitely good. worth 135. It was definitely worth another 50. So that's 185. He said yeah. he thought he'd be getting more. Yeah, dude, I, I think he's probably getting 750 flat for this, if I wow. had to guess. So we'll see. Which is great. All right, so being a pure, pure, unabashed Derek Lewis homer, <laughs> but also but also admitting that DC is ridiculous, what percentage chance uh. do you give him winning this fight? Which I know is tough because you're basically saying – what do you call a puncher's chance? Yeah. You know, how do you measure that in percentages? Because that's what this is, right? Yeah. This is a puncher's chance. I, I give him, I give him, uh, shit, fifteen percent. Fifteen? I say that's not 15, bad. Fifteen to, I mean, I want to give him fifteen to twenty percent, but I, I know that it, DC's, you know, he's he does a decent job of evading hits at times, but he does get caught. He does get caught. He doesn't. I mean, he doesn't go completely without getting hit, but. Um, I thought Anthony Johnson knocked him out in the first second. Yeah, I mean, and Derek, when Derek's sharp, when Derek's throwing, he does damage. But what we saw in the last one, there were bouts where he wasn't throwing. Yeah. You know, if he was getting Those moments stuck. where he just kind of covers up yeah. and waits, that's not going to be good. Yeah, but at least in this, he'll be the longer guy. I would assume he has the longer reach. That is true. You know, so he's going to be the like longer Volkov guy. It's not like where he was struggling to, struggling to get yeah, to the he, guy. Yeah, he couldn't get to him, yep. you know. So that's – if he – works that distance and he works that length, he can cause some damage. But every time he throws some random jab or so throws some random move, he's going to be expending a lot of energy. And the thing is, DC's gas tank is going to be there for all five rounds. Uh, as much as I love Derek, five rounds of grueling wrestling, his gas tank is going to be gone by the it's end. Not be good. You know, you can't just, you know, go from – as he's even said, 30 minutes in the gym, even though he's been working on getting his cardio, and then to try to jump it in and try to ramp it up in time to make it equal. That's like trying to go in and say, like, okay, I, I worked a little bit harder this past two or three weeks. Now I'm like Kane. I can just go. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got go for days. Yeah, these you know, last three weeks really yeah, changed my whole life. It, it doesn't work like well, that, you know. I'm looking forward to the fight. should say uh, I, I will not be there, I'm sad to say. You and Mike Bond will be covering that yeah. in New York, so I will not be at that card. Uh, so I'm bummed about that one. We did get some good news today, though. Uh, you and I will be in Honolulu, Hawaii for the back-to-back -back yes. Bellator event. So the MMA Roadshow will be there in full effect. 
Uh, I will be covering only the military stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Erickson, uh, by the way, drew the uh, short straw and will be in Milwaukee in December while you and I will be on the beach in Hawaii in December, I will which say I will like, not be complaining that's about. That's the other thing. Is it's the weather, but Milwaukee is a cool town. Milwaukee is a cool town, I but mean, we've like, been there during like, summer. Yeah, like don't get us wrong. Like, I mean, I love Milwaukee. I actually still have some family up in Milwaukee, but Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Minnesota, all that area – that whole Great Lakes area and all that area up there in winter is brutal. Yeah. I mean, that's why you watch football and everybody's like, oh, yeah. No, you play the Packers, you know, early in the season. You're like, oh, this is no biggie going up there. Go play them at the end of the oh, year. Oh, yeah. And it's a whole different ball game. I yep. mean, like, it is die hard. I remember when, hardcore when Danny there. Downs took us on the uh, bar hopping tour up there. That I was, was talking. Awesome. That was a great night, man. And in Milwaukee, we got to see a lot of it. Uh, and I remember so asking about it. He, you know, he was saying that, like it gets so cold there that like during the winter, like there's days that, like your car won't even work, dude. Like it's just yeah. so cold, like your car. That's why they have like block on. heaters. They have like heaters that can hook to your car just so it doesn't freeze, just so you can start it. The engine block, <laughs> the engine block <laughs> heaters, so that you can keep your engine block sort of warm, so you can actually try to start your car. That's where we also found that one bar. Uh, where they had like the mini bowling. Oh, the mini bowling! I mini still bowling remember that to this day. Was like the greatest thing ever. You know, these little mini bowling alley, and you know, you throw the pin, and these guys were like sitting up into the back of the like the thing, which their feet were just sort of dangling, and they'd hop down, clear the, the the bad pins, and set up the new ones or whatever. So cool. Yeah, it was awesome. It was so cool. Yeah, Milwaukee's dope. Milwaukee so we're not we're dope, not trying to disrespect Milwaukee. We're just saying if you're gonna if you have a choice of Hawaii or Milwaukee in December. In December, yeah. You take you take Honolulu every you time. Take, you take Hawaii. So the MMA <laughs> Roadshow will be there. Uh, listen, this past week I did want to talk quickly about PFL as well. I know that PFL was not even a blip on your radar didn't, with, didn't with the back to back <laughs> events. I did see it. Uh, I, I covered the recap of it. I, I will say this. I, I am bummed that PFL had to move to Saturday nights for the playoffs. And I guess that made it probably a hell of a lot more sense for TV. But, man, the first week they were going up against Conor McGregor. The second week, you know, they're going up against back-to-back -back Bellator events. There's just a lot going on. So I don't know if they're getting as much love as they should. I'm still a fan of the PFL uh, system, and I am super hyped for the light heavyweight final. Vinny Magalesh versus Sean O'Connell. Like, probably the two guys in the field that I guess if I had – you know, personal cheering feelings for it was those two guys. Vinny was amazing, man. Two Kimuras in one night uh, is ridiculous. And Sean O'Connell got tagged up a couple of times but still uh, was able to win. I've always been a big fan of the Real OC. I, I, I like him. Uh, I liked him in his UFC run. I like him on the radio now. He's on uh, Sirius XM. Um, but now he's in the finals as well. So I'm stoked about that. Um, PFL returns for the last – last quarter and semifinal uh, this week as well. So definitely worth checking out there. Like I said, not huge MMA cards, but still MMA nonetheless. I'll still be on vacation, so I'll be watching that one on TV, which I'm excited about. I will say this. As much as I have bragged about how I love the concept of the PFL, and I have, man. I've really enjoyed it. The standings, the points. I don't know. It, it just resonated with me all, all yeah. year long. The quarterfinal bouts being two rounds and the tiebreaker being the first round uh, whoever wins the first round gets through if it's a 19-19 draw. I don't love that. And I, it, it didn't screw up a lot. Uh, it didn't mess up anything necessarily. But, I, you know, I, I just feel if I've, if I've been open in my praise for them, I need to be open in my criticism as well. This is the only aspect I don't like. And I don't know exactly what, why it is. It just feels weird. I guess that's part of it. It's the only thing we've done so far in the PFL that feels a little bit gimmicky. 
and it, they have to because you can only compete five rounds in one night. Um, so you got to go two rounds in the quarterfinals and three rounds in the semifinals. So I understand it, but it feels a little gimmicky. I did see, and damn it, I should have wrote down who it was. Uh, damn it, I, I, I thought I would remember this. Somebody on Twitter, and I believe it was a UFC fighter, um, was tweeting about it and said what they should do in the 1919 draw situation is whoever was the higher seed coming in advances. And I thought that was a good idea because that would put emphasis on the regular season. You know, right. I just I thought that I, agree. I thought that was a good way to go because it just in the fights where one guy won the first round, the second round I don't want to say it was meaningless, but it was either finish or not because you you already clearly know who's going to advance. And I thought, you know what? That is a good idea. Whoever had the higher seed coming in, they get to advance in a 1919 draw. I don't know. I, yep. it's, it seems more reasonable, and it seems like it would put more emphasis on the regular season. On the regular season. Instead of saying, well, I won the first round, so I get to go on. Like, yeah. I, I, I just felt like that's a, that's a bad tiebreak. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I mean I, that's, it adds a little extra value. to Besides the whole, I mean, the whole season leading into it, obviously, sets into who makes it into the playoffs right. or whatever. But it doesn't add an extra little asterisk to to the guys that maybe, you know, worked a little bit harder during the preseason. That's right. You know, you get that reward for doing it. Yeah. makes complete sense. As long as you get in at number eight, you're in. Who cares, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I thought that was yeah. – I, 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 like I apologize whoever it was that wrote that. I don't remember. And I believe it was a UFC fighter. It was probably Tony Ferguson. You probably <laughs> stole his stuff and you're using it as your own <laughs> like our good friend Chapman Chat can, can do. do. <laughs> Chapman can do. Uh, all right, listen, uh, let's talk about some of the headlines, man. Floyd Mayweather, do you believe we're still talking about Floyd Mayweather? Are you are you putting any stock in this at all? Easy that, money. That, that he would fight Habib Nurmagomedov? I mean, this is – He would box him for well, sure. Of course he would. Who wouldn't? But, I mean – You called the man out, as he even said. You call me out, we're going to go in my sport. You know, you call me out, we'll do it in boxing, you know. I mean, like – it this isn't like going to happen, though, right? This is not going to happen. I mean, it was so funny, but I thought it was just great, the fact that, like, Leonard Ellerby's right there next to him, you know, kind of like arm over his shoulder laughing, taking it all in, thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get some of that money too, you know. But, no, I mean, if, if Floyd – I mean, let's, let's be real. If Floyd wants it to happen, it's going to happen. You know, there's no stopping it. I mean, like we saw – just like when it came when Connor had to do it, you know, the UFC got their cut. Right. They do whatever. But if it gets to the point where, you know, Khabib is pissed off enough to where he really wants to leave and have his contract done, he's gonna do whatever the fuck he wants to do anyway. Of course. You know, and let the lawyers let the lawyers figure it out. And especially you know, we've we've basically established before that uh, trying to enforce an American contract in Russia. Uh, is literally impossible. We don't just mean a fight contract. It's a contract at any time. We've basically been told, yeah. look, contract law, U.S. contract law does not I exist in Russia. So if he just wanted to bounce and say, yeah, guess what? I fight over here in Russia now. Right. You know, come and get me you if you want. You think Floyd would go to Russia, though? Well, no. Well, that is – see, that's a good point. But but I think Floyd the UFC, wants to fight. Look, he wants to fight in Vegas. The, the UFC place, would sign off on this. Because I think he knows that the only place he's going to make that kind of money is in Vegas. Yes, and the UFC would sign off on this. If Floyd did yeah. get involved and this did get pressed, the UFC the UFC has said, at least behind closed doors, and I think they've said it publicly as well, I mean, that, that fight, even though they didn't promote the fight with Mayweather-McGregor, like basically financially made their year. I mean, right. that they made so right. much money off that. Probably put them in the uh, It put them in the black. black. It yep. did. It put them in the black. So would they do it? They'd definitely sign off on doing it. But, I mean, 
So you're right. Okay, you're absolutely right. And that's why I want I mean, you're right. If Floyd really does want to do this and Habib really does want to do this, I think the UFC will out. A, the precedent has already been set, and B, they made so much money off of it that why wouldn't they do it again? But it's not even interesting, is it? I mean, with Connor, it was barely interesting. It was only interesting because, you know, A, Connor is a, is a phenomenal striker, right. and B, we know how brash he is and he can sell a pay-per-view so well that we knew the buildup would be fun. But, I mean... Is there even one one percent of you that hears Floyd Habib and goes, "Fuck yeah, man, give me that! I gotta right. see that." I mean, because right. I, I hear that, and I'm like, "Right, what?" No, I, I think if anything, the part of me that's probably more is just the fact of uh, maybe just seeing Floyd fight again. You know, like because we know how the fight's going to turn out. You know, if it's a boxing fight, we know how it's going to go. If it was and, an MMA you know, fight, it course, would be embarrassing. If we know if it was an MMA fight, we know how it would go. You know. But, you know, even in that whole craziness of doing the whole crazy tour and during that fight week, it was fun. It was unique. It was a crazy buildup. I hate the, the boxing media, but <laughs> um, it was still just fun seeing them fight because soon there will be no more Floyd fights. Right. Floyd won't fight. At some point, and in probably in the not-too-distant future, we're going to hit that point. I mean, we see what happens when – We've seen Roy Jones Jr. come out, you know, and it was just like he did all right. You know, he right. he, he picked up a, a complete uh, flop of an opponent, you know, but I don't want to see the guys fight when it's something like that, you know. But in, even in this case, in Floyd's mind, it's the same situation. He's picking a complete, what do they call it, a tomato can or whatever yeah. against him, you know, when it comes to boxing. But I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm interested in the fact of watching Floyd fight knowing that there's probably not many years left. I mean, he's supposed to be retired at this point. So, in in a sense, we could not see him fight ever I, again. I know people hate him, and obviously, yeah. like, you know. The, but he's some a of the, good, he's a good the, dude. You know, domestic violence and, and those things. I mean, I know that. That, being, that <laughs> yeah. part's not good. That part's not good. That part's not good. But I will say, uh, as far as, like, him on fight week and promoting and the way he, like, he's phenomenal, man. He is He is incredibly engaging. He's he does a lot of stuff for even the community here. Maybe it's, he does it's, it, it, maybe it's his own way of trying to atone for past action. I mean, he, do, he does a lot of stuff. I mean, they uh, he's actually they pretty well liked. Right? He's actually pretty well liked in the community here. I don't yeah. know if people outside of Las Vegas know that he does a lot of shit for for the the Vegas community. I mean, I've seen charity drives for schools. Yep. I've he seen, gives away a um, truckload of school supplies to yeah, kids that need it. School supplies. I've seen uh, stuff they've done for homeless. I've seen stuff they've done for the needy. I mean, yes. I mean. If it's a way, I mean, there's no taking away the fact that dudes did some sh serious shitty right. stuff in the past. But as a, as a, a way of sort of atoning, he has done a lot of really good things for the community, and you can't hate the guy uh, for that, you right. know. So if he's doesn't able to bring in money it, and keep, but going, it doesn't mean doesn't mean that he can't be appreciated for the good things he does. Right, right. I mean, like even fucking Trump, who I kind of despise. <laughs> there are some decent, there are some uh, things that you know you you're like, all right, well the guy was able to build up quite an empire you know uh is he a shitty individual sure is but he's done <laughs> he's done some things i mean you gotta you gotta respect his foreign relations policies yeah i mean <laughs> he's his his wedding life his married life is shitty he's cheated on his wives and all this other stuff his foreign policies he's uh yeah yeah that's a bad example <laughs> trump's kind of a shithead <laughs> Hey, never mind. Never, never mind. mind. He's kind That's of pretty sad. You're like, hey, Floyd Mayweather, I apologize that I tried to make the comparison <laughs> to you with Donald Trump. No, but listen, I mean, so, okay, to, to throw it out and say it's impossible, like this will never happen. No, you're right. There is a possibility it could happen. But I just, 
and, and I guess, you know, the only reason I would feel good about it is, you know, for Habib to cash in on a massive payday That's because it. he's a beast. But I just – the fight itself, like, ah, I mean, how would you even – how would you even make the case? You know, like at least, at least when we were, you know, in all the build up to to Connor and Floyd, at least we were like, well, I mean, Connor does have a, a big left hand, and if he does land that, I mean, it could. Like, I don't think it'll happen, but it could happen. Kind of like we're talking about Derek Lewis and Daniel Cormier. You're like, yeah. I don't think this is gonna happen, but it could. But I mean, with a beam, I'm not trying to disrespect his his striking. I mean, he right. did actually put down Connor McGregor, right? Uh, right. But I mean. So I didn't. <laughs> so we got to make the fight. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I just – when I look at it, there's nothing about it that excites me where I go. Cause, look, well, yeah, it's because you're trying to treat would it as there like be a some, real sporting well, event but, or well, whatever. You would know? there be any world tour? I mean, what, right. Habib's just going to sit there and, 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 and no disrespect to Habib, it's his second language. It's not Floyd who he is as like a person. like it for that point because he'd be like, just dude, like, I'll have the best. <laughs> I'll have the best of every <laughs> press conference there is. But, no, yeah, you're right. I, I doubt they'll – They'll uh, do the the crazy press tour or any other kind of stuff, but I mean, who knows? It probably won't ever happen. But you got to think that if Floyd wants another paycheck and he's he knows that CBS or somebody or whoever is gonna shell out some money, it'll happen. Yeah. And I mean, I'll gladly go work it. Whatever. I'll gripe about <laughs> it when it's happened. But then later on, I'll hear you it's know like this stupid you know, fight. I can't believe I'm talking about this fight. But you're right. I mean, it is. It's a it's pretty ridiculous, but hey, if oh, but if they do the big boxing interesting and Floyd wants it, who's I, I'm happy for him. I'm happy that they're going to go out and do it. I mean, that's the equivalent of them right there, just creating their own lottery ticket and winning. That's it, you man. know. So good, on, good on them both. You know, I can't hate on it just for the legitimacy of our sport. That's not our sport. That's boxing. We don't have legitimacy you know. of our sport anymore. But would so. Floyd, Floyd would dress up in the Apollo Creed, right, and come in. That would be awesome. I bet he, he would wear it a lot better than Chael did. <laughs> that I could get on. What do you think about uh, – What you think about? I know that uh, – well, I'm, I'm assuming you saw this. I know it was a busy week for you, but uh, Conor McGregor kicking with the Dallas Cowboys. and uh, I did see that. I saw the man, with Jerry the Jones. Man, somebody needs to tell him to grab the fucking strings, man. Grab the threads and <laughs> throw a real damn ball. Like, I don't know what he was – he was throwing a shot put or something. It did look like a shot put. I was like, God, Connor, have you never – I mean, I can't I, – it's not their sport. So well, yeah, because – I can't – I can't – What if we I went over there like, and like, oh, have you never – I don't know, what do they I do? I can like, still, like, I don't know, I could kick a fucking footy a soccer ball and I could bet I could swing a fucking cricket bat Come toss this or caber or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, just th they just throw boulders and stones or yeah, something, right? Yeah, exactly. Is that what they do, stone I think throw? that's more the Highlands. I think that's Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, that, was, that was pretty embarrassing. But I, I will say, man – you know what it made me realize, though? They look good in his suit, dude. And I was like, I was <laughs> looking at, like, I was like, man, his suit, it's very breathable. Like, it stretches nice. Like, that's a quality suit. It if he can throw and it doesn't look awkward, I mean, his throw was awkward. It looked fuck. better than the T-shirts he was trying to sell. What were the T-shirts? The t -shirts? August McGregor T-shirts. Oh, uh, no, I don't think oh, I don't th I've like heard about them, but, yeah. $100 T-shirts. Oh, they were terrible. But his yeah, suit, but the suit, his suit but looked, the looked good. Sharp. I'm like, assuming that was an August, I mean, August McGregor he looked, suit. He looked not great throwing, but he looked good. Not looking good. But I'll tell you, but here's, here's what, what I thought was kind of cool about it was, uh, I mean, A, you know, it's the Dallas Cowboys. That's my hometown team. So it's kind of cool to see my, my worlds collide or whatever. But uh, it was cool to see him, you know, A, hang with Jerry Jones. B, yeah. you know, multiple players, you know, doing the Billy Strut, which, by the way, is not his, but yeah. he, he made it his. Uh, but I thought that was cool just to see, you know, it's like Connor, Connor has moved past 
results mattering, man. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. that he lost. He's still that's, yeah, that's such same, an iconic superstar. That's the same thing I was hearing, like, the ESPN guys. Like, the guy's, a, in all actuality, he's a loser his last fight, his last couple fights, and people don't care anymore. You know, that's like, right. He's a personality. He's a fixture. A fixture. So good on him. You know. Exactly. But I loved it. I thought. The, I thought the Cowboys it looked like they were having a wonderful time. Yeah. They were embracing it. They're having a good time. Connor looked like he was having a good time. Jones and the fan looked like they're having a good time. So I mean, that was good shit, man. That was a. I thought it was a great crossover moment for MMA and for the NFL. I did too. I mean, NFL uh, reigns supreme here in the states, man. So anytime MMA gets some face time, let alone with such a storied program that has so much history it's great it's great for the sport so there again connor opening up doors and doing things that nobody else can do so. i agree man i thought it was awesome i you know we'll, we'll see man i bet I, I bet he's i'm assuming it was all proper 12 related he was with the sure. broncos the day the, i think a day or I'm two sure before it's the, now the official whiskey that's now that the backing dude. whiskey of uh the dallas cowboys i that mean dude like, is gonna make some money off that man good on him man. yeah and that's it i mean that could be the point where that's where connor makes the most of his money when it's all said and done as funny people joke about the proper 12 shit he's doing everything to place it in the best light and the best points and that when you know years down the line that could be where connor makes his fortune yep is off that damn whiskey so good well, on that's him it, right you know i mean that's where he that's it he uses millions to make billions yeah Could literally i mean when you're talking about alcohol dude you're talking about a lot of yeah. money once it's established and if you're making inroads into major things like that and become maybe a sponsor somewhere and then everybody wants to go drink the official whiskey of the dallas cowboys you know the old proper 12 you know and blah 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 you know next thing you know the the you know, Boston Celtics are some, you know, backing with proper there 12, you, you know, and then they're selling it at the arena. And then he's doing a great job of it. But, I mean, yeah, I could see that getting to a point where that can grow and could definitely probably dwarf the earnings that he's making. That's it. How crazy is and, that? It in could fighting. dwarf it. Yeah. That's nuts, man. For sure. Good on him, dude. I, I still, hey, still throwing it out there. Habib, proper number one bottle of water. He probably needs to give it a shot. <laughs> Strike while the iron's hot. But, but you can only drink it while sitting? Yeah. <laughs> you can't drink it while sitting. You have to, you you only have to sit. You can only drink oh. it while sitting. You can't, oh, you're that, not, you're wait, not supposed right. to stand and drink it. Is that what it was? Oh, that's right. That's right. You have to sit to drink it. Yeah, I got it backwards. <laughs> that's right. You have to kneel to, uh, you have to sit down and drink it. Uh, uh, by the way, I should just say, as far as Habib and Connor, um, they're both on the docket next Wednesday at the NSAC meeting. That's Wednesday, October 24th. Uh, you and I will both be there for that. So what is it um, for? What this is news to me? <laughs> well, check your schedule, homie. What schedule? Oh, the one that just came out today. The one that just came out today, sir. The worst well, schedule for all of it. I bet you post. I bet you posted today. it while we were at the event today. Uh, probably while you were on your way. Yeah. See? I will say to this, um, there was a report. That uh, well, okay. So let me say this. Well, let me break the news to you. We'll be there for the NSAC meeting, so we'll have all we'll have full coverage of that. Uh, and the good thing is, we'll be able to talk about it the next day on the MMA Roadshow. Um, I will say uh, there was a report out there from uh, Habib's uncle that that uh, a fifteen million dollar offer was on the table to do a rematch with Conor McGregor. Um, I, I found that to be a little bit bogus. Um, I I do think that they will try to press heavily on doing the rematch because there's so much money involved. But I don't believe there's any way the UFC already made an official offer. I mean, right. they still got to figure out what's happening with Conor. They got to figure out what's happening with Habib, and then right. 
you know, they can go from that point. So I, I found, well, I found that to real. be a little I mean, like, I mean they, they, they probably talked about a possibility. Yeah. And if, but if they want a, a rematch to happen in Vegas, I mean, let's be real. Like, the commission oh, makes no. their money off of events. The commission makes no money. Like, I don't think our tax money pays for their shit by any means. They are literally paid off the sporting events. You know, there may be, maybe there is some sort of money that's function, fi- uh, filtered that way, but I can't imagine it's anything at all, you know. So it's in their best interest for sporting events. So let's be real. If this kind of event is going to come and it's even they get a fraction of it, they're going to make whatever. I yeah. mean, like, all of a sudden you see suspens- medical suspensions for a month go down to – Three weeks or a couple weeks, and they're like, and they make it seem like it's just a normal thing, yeah. you know. Oh, a fighter reaches out and they tell us this, you know, and we we can adjust it, we you know. Like, oh, really? Yeah, really. Referring to Derek Lewis, of course. Yeah, was originally it's like suspended I've never really heard you say that. Before. Thirty days, and then suddenly it was cut down to twenty-three days. <laughs> yeah, uh, which no, is not a big leap. It'd be one, I guess it'd be one thing if they said a month. And they come back and say, oh, hey, he's going to fight a week. Yeah. Then you're like, okay, now I call bullshit on you, you know, so. Nah, they'll, they'll make it happen if they can't. I will say, uh, you know, again, I've said from day one, I bet they do the rematch right away. Um, did you see Ali Abdelaziz took to Twitter to say, ooh, you know what sounds like a good fight? Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje. Doesn't that sound amazing? I was like, bruh. Like, cause Tony Ferguson. Does he rep them? Well, he fights. He rep. He reps Gaethje. Uh, yeah, okay. he reps Gaethje. Cause Tony Ferguson deserves a title fight. I mean, no yeah, disrespect yeah, yeah. to Connor, but I mean, if you want to make money, you go with Habib Connor too. If you want to book the fight that makes the most sense, it's Habib and Tony Ferguson. There's no question about it, yeah. right? So I don't know. When I saw Ali saying, "Hey, man, what about Gaethje Ferguson?" That le- that led me to believe that. You know, because obviously he reps Habib, that that maybe he's got some intel that the Habib kind of rematches the way the UFC is leading too. So, so if Tony Ferguson doesn't have a fight, how about Justin Gaethje? Yeah, I don't know. That's just what I read into it. That's just what I read into it. It could be, could be. But you're right. I mean, if, if the UFC wants it, I mean, and that, well, I wouldn't even say if the UFC wants it. If <laughs> Connor wants it, Connor wants Connor gets. If Connor wanted Diaz next, Diaz would get the shot. If Connor wants Tony next. Tony's going to get the shot. So, at this point, UFC isn't even calling shit when it comes to Connor. Connor's he, he's writing his That's own true. tickets. That's true. You know, so whatever Connor wants for his next fight, whether it be a legitimate fight in his division or whatever, he just had that lost. Now you either go back back to the drawing board, which would mean typically fighting your way back into it. You know, but for him, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to fight two or three times? Just to get back at it, like he's just going to pick a shot. So I, I see these. Yeah. Well, you know. here's the thing: is I see Connor, I see. Con- I mean, Connor, just like we saw versus Nate, right? Like I see him being like, "Bro, put me back in." Like, you know, I, I, I know what I should have done. I know what I need to change. I know what I need to fix. I mean, John Kavanaugh had a great, uh, great interview on, on Joe Rogan where he talked to, talked a lot about it. Um, you know, I can see them all going, "Hey, man, we know what we need to fix. We know what we need to adjust." Did hear some weird stuff behind the scenes. I didn't really talk about it, but I actually heard John Anik talk about it as well. That Kavanaugh didn't wrap Connor's hands, which I guess he usually wraps Connor's hands, uh, and he didn't wrap. I heard about it on Fight Night, but um, the place I heard about it, I was like, ah, I shouldn't really say anything. So, uh, but did hear that that uh, that Kavanaugh didn't wrap Connor's hands on Fight Night, which is oh, weird. Oh, so that's, that's why I didn't normally. throw it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I also heard that it uh, didn't look like he had worked with Roddy, his whole fight camp you did, either. You did mention that. You <laughs> did mention that. So, but here's the deal. So I see Connor doing just like you did with Nate and being like, dude, put me back in there. You know, same weight class, same this, same that. Yeah. I, I know what I need to do. But, dude, well, especially he, while he's close. If he lost that same, same weight to Habib again, I mean, we just said that he's bigger than results, but – I mean, that wouldn't be good, right, to lose to lose again like that where he was basically dominated? Well, would yes that, or no, but he's, like you said, I mean, like. Would that be if the anything, end of his fighting just, career? Just, no, I think if anything, it just won. People then want the rivalry. Then people are then like, now it's a legit rivalry. Right. Then they want the trilogy. Then they want to see this. You know, I mean, he is right now, I think he is a little bit of loss proof in right. a sense where, you know, he still has that ick factor because now it seems that people, again, like, you know, they said his last fight was when he went to boxing, lost. Right. Came back to MMA, lost. But people still absolutely adore this dude. We see the clicks on the website. You know, I mean, it's just, it's nuts. I mean, yeah, he, I think he could probably go back in there. If anything else, it would kind of be good for Khabib because if he handles himself differently, if he does get the win, handles himself differently, people will love him for handling himself like a, a better gentleman or whatever. So maybe the whole fight week will be better and we won't see, or it's going to be absolute bananas because you're going to have two warring factions oh. nonstop throughout the fight week. But, um, I mean, who knows? I mean, Trilogy fight with Nate's always there. He could lose ten fights in a row. They yeah. could still fight Nate. I mean, and that might be a fight that Nate actually, you know, is on board. I just feel so bad. Like the dude says he wants to fight. But nothing seems to appease him. He has a fight lined up, but then all of a sudden, no, it's got to be in a different weight class. Yep. You know, and now, you know, you can't trust the fact that he's going to show up, you know, and you wonder who, in his mind, he, that could be almost a bigger victory, but I think he wouldn't because he wants the payday of just going in there and putting a complete slap you to the UFC and say, yeah, I'm going to do this fight with Connor, and then get down and he's like, ah, fuck it. I'm out of it. So ridiculous. You know, just to just to fucking stick it to the uh, UFC. But I don't think he would go that far because he knows it's a huge it's payday. It's a huge payday. It's a huge payday. Huge. But he can do that. In a sense, that's what he did with this whole hey, – with uh, Poirier's team. With Poirier. I know Poirier was the one that ducked out. But you talked to Poirier's team behind the scenes. They, yeah. were, they were not convinced that Nate was going to show up. Right. They did not believe that he was going to be there. Right. That sucks. Right. He said it as much. <laughs> you know, I mean – Whatever. All right, listen, uh, one one little thing I, w I want to throw out there. Uh, I've been on vacation, so I haven't got to do a whole lot of work on it. But I will say this. Uh, I have heard from good sources that, uh, that the UFC is, again, at least bouncing about the idea of getting rid of the flyweight division. Really? Yeah. I thought Did that was shocking. I was just talking to Dana the other day. He didn't say anything didn't about say it. didn't say anything to you? No, man. It was weird. Hey, buddy. I was like, hey. <laughs> He's like, hey, guy. You know, I was thinking about getting rid of the flyweights. I was like, Dana, no, say it ain't so. He's like, yeah, as yeah, a, buddy. As, hey. a, as, a, as a former uh, employee of yours, and he was like, oh, yeah, I totally remember. Totally remember you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Dana's listen, I just want to throw that out there because, uh, you know. We did see him today for a quick uh, cameo. We did. He was doing a quick little cameo in the PI. But, uh, yeah, I've heard that they're at least considering the option and discussing again, which kind of, I, I don't know, I, I find sad, I guess. I find a little frustrating. Now, 
If well, it means opening up a bigger, I was gonna say if it, if it, if it means, means opening, opening up, up one sixty-five, if it means opening up one sixty-five, I'd be into it. So you give up one twenty-five if you got one sixty-five. If you have to, I don't feel like they should. Yeah, that's because it. I mean I think the divisions established itself, but I think there's smaller fighters that it makes sense they have a weight class. Yeah. Because then you're going right back and you're forcing now guys to fight bigger guys, ten pounds heavier. Yeah. Well, ten pounds just get on the scale. Yeah. By the fight time, you know they're twenty pounds heavier. You know. Um, and the people that are making it, they're not killing themselves. They're not struggling. That's a good weight class for them. So the fact just to make room on a roster, so it kind of sucks. But if, if it's better because that's where more of the action maybe takes place or there's bigger guys, you know, that are maybe going to deliver the, the big knockout blows that maybe they want, that they feel I it. love the flyweight division. I think, I think there's the some phenomenal fighters fun. there. It's a fun division. I uh, I get it, though, man. It doesn't necessarily resonate with fans. But it's funny because what really made me start checking into this was, remember when they talked about uh, – so Dana went on the UFC Undisputed uh, podcast and – Almost as good as this podcast. Almost as good. I mean, you know. They got a little bit more name recognition, but, you know. But but, but we're just talking about content quality. It's a whole different <laughs> – Not even <laughs> close. Uh, no, but, you know, he mentioned – he mentioned Dana mentioned on there that uh, they were considering Cejudo Dillashaw – and and they they would like it at 135, which makes no damn sense. Why does Cejudo, who just won the title and barely won it, I mean, right. I, I think he won it, but I know there's some you know there's some argument about it. Why is he the one that gets to go up to 135 and try to become you know another historical figure with two divisions versus Dillashaw, who's been around longer, who's you know had bigger wins? Why doesn't he get the opportunity to go to 125? And Dana was so dismissive of it that it made me start thinking, wait a minute, why, why would he? They wanted to go up so they could strip it and then just get rid of it. That's it. And I think that's what they're really talking about doing. And um, I think if that happens, I, I don't know. I've, I've, I've heard discussions that perhaps Demetrius Johnson might leave the UFC, which I, I would find I would find bizarre, to be honest with you. I mean, the logical conclusion would that he would go to one championship. I mean, remember, in the, in the, in the pre-fight buildup, to the last fight, he talked about, you know, what, what, what I would be excited about is going and winning titles from around the world. That would be yeah. exciting to me. Uh, Matt Hume, of course, his trainer, is very, very in, um, you know, is, is entrenched with one championship. And, of course, one championship did just announce the signing of Eddie Alvarez. Now, it comes at a weird time because, you know, we had mentioned before that we had heard there was a lot of smoke and mirrors and, uh, you know, things weren't necessarily always what they seemed financially with one championship. Bloody Elbow actually did a report this week where they got a hold of some of the financials and showed really? the fact that there were a lot of key losses, you know, a lot of financial losses. But, you know, they do have income coming in. But, I mean, listen, signing Eddie Alvarez and then maybe signing Demetrius Johnson as well. Again, I should 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 qualify all this with saying I, I haven't heard that any decision has been made or that the UFC has a position that they're, that they're taking or that they're definitely doing this. I just heard that once again, as has been confirmed that they discussed before, that they're potentially discussing him, him leaving again. Wow! And, and getting and, and getting rid of the flyweight division. So, uh, I don't know. Odd stuff there, man. I, I think it would be a wild decision. But then you said it. You know, Dana has been adamantly opposed to 165. What if he says, you know what? I'm gonna add 165, but in order to do it, I gotta get rid of 125. Yeah. I. You know what? But he also. I bet a lot of people. I bet a lot of people would be like. All right. Yeah. I mean, but I think he raised a good point, too, when he talked about if that division opened, you're going to have a lot of people flooding out of two divisions. Well, maybe not so much middleweight, but you're literally going to see a mass height, you know, exodus 
from the 170 division. And you're going to see 155ers that can go up to it. And, and That's going to flood this, and, a lot less. And I mean. I've stood in support of 165, but I will say this too. The other thing you're going to see is a lot of people going, I want to be a two-division champion. I want to be a two-division right. champion. That's it, now. Even now everybody's like, I want to be a two-division. I know. And if you made the divisions closer, you'd have more people saying it, right? Yeah. Like, I want to do this. I want to do that. And then – I mean, I, I know they currently they, – they seem to have this threshold, whether it's 400 and something or – 500 or something. They have this number of roster right. that they, they've been sort of hovering around. So, yeah, it doesn't make any sense for them to open up something and not subtract something because they already you, – you, you currently always see it. You know, like it flies under the radar, unfortunately, when you see these uh, athletes being let go, you know, they're just kind of unceremoniously let go to kind of keep underneath the sort of maybe imaginary quota or roster number. You know, and for them to try to open a division and expect to keep it on that same thing without just deciding, oh, hey, yeah, we're going to float it, you know, you know, unless they're going to try to do with, like, what happened with, like, the women's featherweight where it started with, like, one person, two people, you know, yeah, five you people, that. you know, that's not going to work. I mean, like, if they open up 165, there's going to be an immediate rush of people wanting to try to get it granted it's up to the matchmakers whether or not they're going to try to offer them a fight in that division you know when you come in you know they bring people in for a particular you know you're contracted under a certain thing and whatever your contract is that's your weight it's not like you could just say oh hey i want to fight middleweight now even though i'm light heavyweight you know right. if the fights don't exist and if they need you in the division that you're in they're not going to give you a fight in this other division you know but I don't know, but if, to keep the roster, I mean, it doesn't make sense to open up another division, uh, at least without them, if it, if it sticks to what they've been doing, without them letting something go. You have to. I mean, uh, so I'm sitting here doing the math as uh, as as we're speaking, and this is, this is what you have to remember. When you start talking about weight classes, when you start talking about adding and subtracting and this and that, here's what you got to remember. Uh, they've already announced next year that the television deal is 42 fight cards, right? 42 fight cards on ESPN, ESPN Plus, and pay-per-view. All right, average 12 fights a card, okay? That's 504 fights a year, okay? 504 fights a year. That's just simple math. Really easy, right? That's the base start of it. 42 fights a year, 12 fights on a card. That's 504 fights. So then uh, you basically multiply that times two. That means 1,008 fighter slots, basically, right? Because you got to fill both sides of the 504 right. fights. I've been told that the math that they use is two and a half fights a year per person. The reason being, you'd like to shoot for three, but injuries happen. Right. Some people can't get out. So, so you use two and a half as a nice baseline figure. If you if you multiply that or if you divide that out, two and a half, that's 403 fighters on the roster. Okay, 403 fighters on the roster is an ideal roster. Now, you're always going to get some churn. You're going to get some people suspended, right. some people that are injured. But 403 would be ideal. Um, and then if you divide that by 12, which is the number of divisions they currently have, you know, that's only 33 people per division. Now, we know that the divisions aren't all They're not equal. equal. Welterweight, yeah. lightweight, those are heavier. You know, you got 75 to 100 people on those. But just always remember that when you when – you, when you are talking about divisions and you are talking about adding weight classes, subtracting weight classes, there you do have to realize there are only a finite number of spots available and there's only a finite right. number of roster spots available. So. Yeah, because, I mean, what's the point of being on the roster if you're not going to fight? That's it. You know? So, I don't know. Interesting stuff there. I definitely want to share that. Uh, and now I want to go back to vacation. Although tomorrow 
We will be with the uh, the champ champ, DC. Not, DC. not champ champ for much longer, but at least champ champ for a little while. Yeah. Maybe still a champ uh, after uh, November 30th, November 3rd. Well, he could still third? go out there with both belts. He could. He, yeah. you know, he's still champ champ for yeah. now. Champ champ. Until the end of the year, right? Until they strip him at the end of the year. But even then, you know, doesn't stop Connor. That's true. He brought his Once belts you're anyway. champ champ, you're always champ champ, I guess. So Unless you lose it. <laughs> yeah, as long Unless as you never you defend it, it. as long He's as nobody ever beats him for it, they can't take away what you he don't. You can carry lose. that light heavyweight <laughs> title around forever, my man, DC. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, it's time for me to go back to vacation. Other than that, but we will have DC tomorrow. Uh, now I'm just going to uh, go back to, to drinking frosty beverages. I think that's a good idea. That's what's up. So I'll just tell everybody now appreciate you putting up with our vacation, or at least my vacation, and uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. We'll